welcome to Become a Unique Podcast, a place where you can be well and be you. We are all about lifestyle with a focus around wellness over here. One week we may be talking about gut health and the next week we may be having a conversation about being enough. No matter what the topic, the goal is to inform you with information and tools so we can vibrate higher as our true selves. Be ready to grow in a beautiful way. Becoming Unique is a growing podcast and would love your support by following or subscribing to this podcast. In Apple Podcasts, click the plus button. Reviews are also helpful for the podcast growth. So all reviews are appreciated. And lastly, but not least, be sure to share the podcast because the best advertisement is word of mouth. So let's get started with today's episode. Hey, y'all. So today's conversation is around therapy and learning about different types of therapy. And therapy is healing. Yes, it is healing. And before we jump into today's episode, I came on to talk about a book that I just finished listening to. (laughs) I'm an audible girl, so I, I listen to my books. And the book that I just finished listening to is I'm Glad My Mom Died. Now, I have to say, I was completely turned off by this title. And I would have never in a million years decided to pick up a book with a title like that because a lot of stuff that I I like to like listen to and incorporate within my thoughts and mind are definitely in a different space. So, but the, the art of this book is, you know, an actress and, you know, she got a lot of press on this book. And I I don't necessarily watch TV, but I'm on Instagram and Instagram is my version of TV. So I would every time I scroll through Instagram, I felt like I was seeing some form of her being on someone's interview. She was on um, Jada Pinkett's Red Table Talk. She was on the, The View. She was on The Daily Show and so on. And I, you know, the when the like posts would come up with her having this conversation, I would, I would never like engage in them. Like my, you know, I'm glad my mom died. Like, Oh, like, let me just keep moving. So, um, as I was seeing it, I never really stopped and listened to see what this book was about. And then finally it was one, um, like, you know, 30 second soundbite of her talking about the, um, the book, and I can't say exactly what she said, but she kind of sold me on it because I think the person said, do you hate your mother? Because <laughs> that's the first thing I thought, like, oh, this must be all about her hatred towards her mother. I don't got time for this. But wow, this book was, this was, it was a really, really good book. Really, really good book. And it, it's so much to dissect about this book. Like this book is a great book for like a book club because I really feel like there's so many w- ways of dissecting the book, not just about the um 
about because the book is about the story of this actress and you know but her mother is also of course a main character in the book because it's called I'm glad my mom died and I really don't want to like talk about too much of the book because I don't you know if anyone's interested in reading or listening to this book I want them to really you know because there are some parts in this like oh okay (laughs) but as I'm listening to the book I'm like that mom needed some healing that mom needed so some healing and sometimes you know when you know better you have the opportunity to do better and when that mom was raising this child this child actress in that mom's mind she didn't think her actions were toxic narcissism and all the type of stuff that she was doing to her daughter you know she did not think this I I don't believe she thought any of those thoughts she thought she was probably she thought she was doing her best She really thought she was doing her best. But if that mom understood the value of that self-care, that self-love, that healing, going to therapy, working through her issues and not, you know, bringing it out in different ways and then putting that toxicity into her child. And now it was a part at the end of the book that the the um, the author said, which was really, you know, um, amazing. She said, you know, said the pedestal that she held her mom on kept her stuck. So because, and she kept expressing throughout the book, she wanted to make her mom happy. She wanted to please her mom. And you know how many children out there are just constantly looking for their parents' approval, you know, doing things to make sure that their parents are happy. And so because they have their parents on this pedestal, so no matter how toxic, you know, that parent requirements may be for that child, the child can't see it at that time. And so now the child is so the child is losing themselves, losing themselves and going into adulthood, losing themselves, never finding themselves because their goal is to you not their goal, but they're staying stuck in the place of their parent, keeping that parent on the pedestal. I hope that came out the way I was trying to explain it. But, you know, in order for this woman that wrote this book to really start to venture off into her own personal journey in her life, her mother had to die. Her mother truly had to die. And if her mother was still living at this time, she would still be in the same cycle that she fought really hard through, fought through so much recovery. And I believe, you know, she's still probably fighting every single day, like (laughs) fighting every single day. But it, and she just came to the breaking point of understanding like, oh, wow, you know, I'm this way because of my mother. So yeah, healing, healing, healing is needed within all of us, you know, just because someone has a title doesn't mean they don't need the healing. Just because that woman had the title of a mother doesn't mean she doesn't need the healing. Before we jump into today's episode, I have an announcement to make. My book, Your Guide to Bringing More Acts of Self-Care, which is available on Amazon, is working on getting in a few shops and locations around the country. So 
this is all in the making right now. So I just want to let you guys know in case you're listening and you are a shop owner or you have a healing facility or you feel that my book, Your Guide to Bringing More Acts of Self-Care, would be a perfect fit for your environment. Um, Yeah, reach out to me. Send me an email. Let's work something out. Let's make sure we get your guide to bringing more access to self-care and as many hands as we can. And yeah, let's get into today's episode. Today on the Becoming Unique podcast, I have such a beautiful and amazing guest by the name of Chanel. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Unique. You're welcome, and thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to get into today's conversation, but before we get started, you need to tell everyone who is Chanel. All right, so my name is Chanel Chamalau. It's a mouthful of my husband's name, Um, but I am a licensed clinical social worker, speaker, business coach and the owner of Healing Springs Wellness Center, which we offer holistic wellness services and mental health counseling in Connecticut. So that is me. I am also a mom of a two-year-old and a wife. So I, I have many titles. Yes, I love it. And, you know, today's conversation is going to be around a lot of conversation around healing and and your new facility that you just opened so congratulations but we're going to get into that in just a moment Mm -hmm. but you know I just released a book um on self-care and so with this new season of the podcast I want to make sure I ask every single guest about self-care so I would like to ask you what is your definition of self-care and what does it look like for you yes Self-care, oh my goodness, there's so many definitions. I love how you said, what is my definition? Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things I would say is being intentional is part of self-care, being intentional with self and dedicating time to self. Mm. So that may look like just waking up in the morning for five to 10 minutes and just having a moment of peace. Um, I joke with my mom friends, self-care also means to me locking the bathroom door and having some time in the bathroom without the toddler because he (laughs) likes to come in all the time, pop up in, um, and really being tuned into my spirituality. I am a spiritual person and really having moments to have with God, to receive downloads, Mm. what's to come. And just to ground myself, you know, as healers, we just really need that space to really hear God, to hear, you know, those downloads that will help to carry through to our clients. So that's what really self-care means for me is intention. Uh, I also love to travel and I love community. So some I have a therapist, Besties, entrepreneur, entrepreneurial Besties. We both have private practices. And sometimes we just take off a Thursday and we'll go to a spa or go grab lunch and just, you know, unload and just have a couple of laughs. So self-care can mean so many things for different people, but that's what it really means for me. 
Oh my goodness. I loved everything you had to say. And I absolutely love that you started off with being intentional with self, making a focus around like, this is what self-care looks like for me. And another piece that I absolutely love that you said is to ground yourself. Mm-hmm. And um, I can say from experience, you know, I'm just stepping into my self-care and that's what I guess pushed me to put the book out there. Cause I was like, you know what, if I went most of my life not understanding the value of self-care, that means there may be other people like me out there. And, you know, my kids are older than toddlers at this point, you know, I have one in, in her senior year of college now, wow. but, <laughs> but, you know, throughout their younger years, you know, I wasn't grounded. I was just frazzled. I was like, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. And not taking that moment to really like, you know, have those moments before I wake them up in the morning for school and be grounded, take those moments for myself. You know, I didn't understand that just a few years ago. So I love that you said, you know, to get grounded with yourself. Beautiful. Yeah, I, I love that because I love even what you're saying. Um, I think sometimes we don't feel like we have choice with all that's going on in our lives. And sometimes it's not, it hasn't been modeled to us to put ourselves first. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of trial and error as you figure that out. And I think it comes in stages and seasons, right? Sometimes you'll have busier seasons and you're going to have to be more intentional. And some periods it's going to be a little bit easier to incorporate those self-care things in your routine so just giving yourself grace as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes oh my goodness I, I I like I said I absolutely love your response um so now this is like going to be a healing episode so tell us what brought you into the healing industry I always say that I just have always had a knowing that I wanted to have an impact on people's lives. When I was younger, I didn't know what that would be. But as I grew older, you know, I had a brother who had behavioral issues. He's five years younger than me. And just observe, I love to observe people and just understand how they work. So I majored in psychology and started to learn about, you know, human behavior. And it just really piqued my interest. Uh, And as I was learning and growing. Uh, I said, you know, I think being in this helping profession is where I need to be. Mm-hmm. I had my own um, painful moment when it came to relationships. I was with someone from 16 to 23, uh, which is very young you know, to mm-hmm. have such a long relationship. And I realized that in that relationship, there was a lot of feelings of unworthiness. Um, you know, trust. Uh, I had some abandonment issues from not having my dad around and all those things surfaced in that relationship and the ending of that relationship. And so I had to turn the mirror on myself and do a lot of healing work, which was mental health counseling and did some energy healing, which pulled up a lot of old beliefs uh, when it came to relationships, especially the relationship with myself. And in that three-year healing journey, I really just, I became me. I became the healer. And I wanted to give that gift to others, especially women who were dealing with relationship issues, dealing with unworthiness and whatever else that was coming up for them. 
And that led me to the path of social work because I wanted to give back what I received in my healing journey. Oh, I, you, like I'm loving everything that you're saying. <laughs> After that relationship and the healing, you said, I became me, I became the healer. Mm-hmm. And it was so beautiful that you understood from uh, being a young child and your brother and stuff like that, that there was curiosity and there was something in you that was interested in going in that direction. But, you know, um, and you was, and it was beautiful that this relationship helped you unpack that and just really get to the level that you are today. Yeah. So, one, uh, one um, person, I just keep, going back to this on my podcast said you know she was a wounded war she's a wounded warrior (laughs) so and also you know with me as well too so you know with this book this book was birthed because I had to kind of go through the wounds the the and you know the war kind (laughs) of to understand the value of self-care and you had to, you know, in this relationship sounds like it was a blessing to you because of you going through the relationship that allowed you to go on your healing journey, which allowed you to unpack everything. So um, I just love, absolutely love to hear these stories because sometimes, you know, we may sit there and be like, why me? Why can't it be this way? And it's like, let's unpack it a little bit more. And you can realize that that's helping you to become you, to become for you the healer (laughs) yes and I I love what you said too about just you know you going through that unfortunately you know you ask why but sometimes we have a bigger purpose and the fact that you took that pain and those that experience and now you're giving that gift in a book and with your healing you know you becoming a healer so it's really going to transform so many lives so thank you as well thank you okay so now you just opened up a beautiful place that I've seen on Instagram <laughs> um, called Healing Springs. Can you tell us about Healing Springs? Yes. So again, I've always had a knowing that I wanted to like have an impact and I just want to like fast, you know, go back a little bit. Uh, when I was in grad school, I went to Fordham. And I was in grad school in 2011 and all my, their, like my peers were talking about working at agency and they just wanted to like, just get out and get a job. And I kept on saying, one, I want to be a rich social worker, which was like, you would hear it's, you're not in it for the income, you're mm-hmm. in it, you know, whatever. And I'm like, that's not me. And I want to have an impact and I want to have my own practice. And, and people would just look at me like crazy. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> just go get a job. <laughs> Yes. I, I call myself a visionary. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I know that I have, you know, I've, I've been a hospital social worker. I've worked in like community agencies and in-home, but I always had it in the back of my head that I wanted to have an impact. I wanted my own wellness center and I wanted to have a team. Okay. I had at my first vision board, like a line wrapped around the building, you know? And so in 2018, so seven years later, that dream became a reality. I started, you know, I left the hospital and I decided I wanted to go off on my own. Mm-hmm. And I worked at a group practice, another practice, just to get the feel. And mm-hmm. then 2020, I decided, you know what, it's time to hire my team. Mm-hmm. The pandemic hit. Like I signed the lease in February and the pan- the world shut down in March. Yes. Oh. 
so many like, okay, stories. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't, I, I can't wait to hear this story. It's so many of these um stories. Right? <laughs> so I said, you know what? It is what it is. I pivoted to online and mm -hmm. I started seeing clients online. And then um, unfortunately in September, I lost my mom of 2020. Oh, I'm and, sorry to hear that. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And something just lit the fire under me. I was like, life is too short. I'm gonna like, I'm gonna start hiring. And I tell you, dealing with the loss in September and by October, I hired my first therapist who was my grad school peer who just remembered me talking about wanting this center. And um, she's like, I just believed in you so much and I wanna be your first employee. And um, by, from October to March, we hired 10 therapists in that time frame. Wow. Yes. <laughs> and now, and this is now still the end of 2020 going into the beginning of 2021. Yeah. You are still an online practice. Still an online practice, learning how to do payroll, learning how to do all these things really fast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, yeah, so that was like, you know, it just blew up and, you know, we pivoted as much as we could. Um, and then I had an office, you know, I reopened the office, like one off, I had one room and I told my admin at the time, I said, I'm going to, I'm getting closer to getting my center. And I have to say, I'm proud to say that, you know, today we have our six office suite center with a beautiful balcony gathering space. So it took us about another two years, but that dream has come to fruition and every stepping stone has brought me here and it's only going to get bigger and better. And, mm -hmm. you know, we have eight therapists, a diet, two dietitians and admins. So we'll have a team of 11 and they're amazing, amazing mental health therapists and wellness healers. And I'm just so proud of what we've created. Um, and that's like, I had to tell the whole story because it was just mm -hmm. a journey. <laughs> it was just a journey. Wow, that's so beautiful. And I'm happy that you told the story because, you know, dream big, dream big. Mm -hmm. Why not? Why not me? Why not me? Because sometimes, you know, especially in this culture, it's like we are kind of like, you're not saying brainwashed, but you think like, let me go the safe route all the time. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, this is like you said, no, just go over here and work there and do this and do that. But you kept your eye on the prize where you said, you know, I, I understand and I know what I want and that's what I'm going towards. And you kept your dream big. You didn't allow the outside to like, you know, like pull you, um, pull you in. So you guys um, just literally um, did your grand opening this Saturday. So now you are officially open for business full time. Yes, we are full time. Um, we still have in per, you know, we have in person and also still online. So we have a hybrid model for our therapists. But mm -hmm. the beauty of this is that you can come and I call this the one stop shop for your mind, body, and spirit. Um, mm -hmm. So you can get your mental health therapy here. Uh, mm -hmm. We also do Reiki. I'm a Reiki practitioner, but we also are hiring for a Reiki therapist to be here full time. So mm -hmm. that you can get your energy healing. And then we can, have- Can we just pause for a moment? Sure. I, I, I've had an episode 
about energy before and my guest at that time talked about Reiki healing but you know a lot of times you know people may not go back to that episode so could you just pause you know for people because I also just learned about Reiki healing within the past couple of years so I spent over 40 plus years not knowing what Reiki healing was so I know there's other people out there that don't know what Reiki healing is so if you can just pause to tell us a definition of what Reiki healing is and what it looks like. Yes, thank you for um, pausing me. Um, so Reiki is a form of energy healing where your practitioner has become attuned to, we all have different energy points in our body. So, you know, from all the way from the top of our head, all the way down to our toes. And there's certain chakra points that we have. Um, and what, when you do Reiki, you would lie down on a table sim- similar to if you were to get a massage, but it's a hands-off. So your Reiki practitioner is basically scanning your body from the top of your head all the way down to your toes. And just tr- it's a transfer of energy. And we can point out different areas in your body that might, or different energy points that might be blocked, like maybe your throat chakra um, your throat is usually where you, you you speak up, right? It's a place where you have your voice. And sometimes that is a place that's closed. You have your sacral chakra or where your stomach is, where there's a lot of like confidence or anxiety, you know, certain things are there, but we can pinpoint different areas in your body that might need a little bit of healing. And so there's an energy transfer, like you call it God source that we can just kind of transfer that and help with the healing process. And that could take one session. It could take multiple sessions. Um, I had a Reiki therapist here. I didn't do it this Saturday, but they were here for a grand opening. And one of our clients said that she was so on dead on point on the areas that needed healing. Like she had problems with her feet and Mm -hmm. without the Reiki practitioner knowing that intuitively, she was able to go down to her feet and provide that healing in that mm-hmm. area just by laying hands on her just above her and reiki can be used um you know people in the hospitals cancer centers a variety of people use it for healing you can do distant healing um but yeah it's a great thing i i, I hope i explained it correctly but it's and it's just nice to be in a relaxing room and setting and just you know just ground and let someone just you know um mm-hmm. put some healing over you so that's what Reiki is to me. And it's been helpful when I was get, trying to get pregnant. I did a lot of Reiki on my stomach and I call my son like a Reiki baby because I feel like he was conceived <laughs> because of <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you did your own personal Reiki to yourself or did you have someone else do it to you? Um, I did my own. So when you become, when you get trained to do Reiki, you start um, learning how to do it for yourself and then family and then you slowly there's like levels like you can become like Reiki one Reiki two which is like the first stages and then you can become a master yeah Um, so I was just practicing on myself and my cats (laughs) and yeah I like a couple like you know a month later I was pregnant so I owe part of it to just that self-practice and it's just good for relaxation and grounding Mm -hmm. Mm, beautiful Yeah. yeah and so I just wanted to also, in case someone's like completely unaware, like this is their first time ever even hear about Reiki. When you say you scan the body, I just want to make it clear that you're scanning the body with your hands and your energy. There's no machine coming across. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, you're, 
you're scanning the body. This is just pure energy transfer. Yeah, there's a pure energy transfer. So you're laying there on the table. Your um, Reiki practitioner is just laying hands above you, mm -hmm. and starting from the top of your head and just feeling. Sometimes it's like you could feel like a heat, a change in like the temperature. Like intuitively, we know what areas to stop and just allow the transfer of energy. And we are all energy. So it might sound weird, but you can walk into the room and feel someone's energy, right? You can, yeah. you can put your hands over certain parts of your body and feel like a change in temperature. Mm -hmm. um, and so like, we just use our intuition and that feeling, those changes to notice, like if there's other places that we may need to lay our hands above you and provide, you know, that energy transfer. And that energy is not coming directly from us, but it's coming from source. But we yeah. are tuned um, when you do the training to learn on how to do that, just like a massage therapist learns their techniques. Mm -hmm. Yes, beautiful. Okay, so you your facility has therapists. You're going to also be doing energy healing, which is Reiki, and then I'll let you keep going. <laughs> yeah. So to expand on our therapist, to just circle back, we do a lot when it comes to trauma, um, people that who are dealing with trauma, we do a lot where it comes to like, not only just your traditional talk therapy, but noticing like if there's any um, trauma that's stored in your body, noticing like we do expressive arts where you can use art, movement, you know, music to really heal. There's so many different modalities of healing. So we couple talk therapy with our therapist's specialty. So some of them do somatic movement therapy, arts therapy, um, EMDR, which is eye movement, desensitization and reprocessing. It's a form of trauma therapy. So we all have different, we're multi-specialty um, and we really try to get to the source of your pain and help you to heal so that you don't keep on repeating the same patterns or experience reliving the same trauma. Um, so that's what makes us unique and we're very diverse. So I focus a lot on people of color because mm -hmm. for a long time, we did not have a safe space to heal. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, um, therapy in the therapy world, it's very Eurocentric. And when the pandemic was happening, we were also experiencing a racial pandemic with all the injustice. And so one of my mottos is like, this is a safe space for people of color to heal, that everyone has been trained, culturally competent, they, they have the skill set to, and they, and a lot of that, us look like you. So, you know, this is a space that you can have, provide that healing. Um, our staff and our clients are diverse, but I just have that clear message that you can mm -hmm. come here for your mind, body, and spirit. Wow. Okay. I want to kind of go into, you know, the different therapies that you offer because some of this, this is new to me. Mm -hmm. um, I know of talk therapy, <laughs> but it, now tell me about the expressive arts therapy. Yeah. So <clears throat> we have a therapist that will use drawing and coloring or mixed media arts where you're like scrapbooking and painting um, to, you know, because sometimes you don't have the words, mm. right, or the experiences, mm -hmm. sometimes it's not verbal. And so to be able to sit down with someone and write it out, paint it out, dance it out, shake it out, you know, um, any way that you need to express 
that and and get that healing is what what expressive arts is and it could be rewriting your story to a different narrative right if you're replaying a certain thought or story in your head um, of a situation that happened it could be like what now what would you like to believe or how would you like to change and let's rewrite that let's write it out and recreate a new story right so there's different just artistic ways to really work through healing and it could be simple as just coloring you know um but yeah so expressive arts it has been very effective and you know um yeah people music you can relate to music and the words mm -hmm. messages so we just use that unique um way of processing oh okay so a person comes in and they're they're with their talk therapy session at what point do does the therapist um does the therapist suggest the expressive arts or does the person say, hey, I heard you get the expressive arts. I want to do that part of the therapy. Do they first start with talk or and then they then the therapist starts to figure out what's best for this person? Or does the person come in saying, hey, I want that expressive art thing? <laughs> A little bit of both. <laughs> All my therapists online have a pro, like, you know, their bio and mm -hmm. they have their specialties. So there are some people that will seek out like I want to meet with the art therapist or I want to meet with someone who's like um, EMDR, like trauma focused. Um, so they, some people will come in and when they call in to meet with us, we're going to spend about 15 minutes just talking to you and matching you with the most appropriate therapist. Again, we have about seven to eight therapists. So yeah. we just want to make sure that they're the right fit for you. Um, so that happens or we make treatment customized to the individual. So when you come for your initial appointment with your therapist, we're gonna start asking about your history, you know, what do you enjoy? And once we learn more about you, we can then suggest like, we think this would be beneficial to you. Let me know what your thoughts are. So it becomes a customized treatment um, to your needs as well. So we can suggest those modalities or try them out. Mm -hmm. Mm. Oh, that's that's beautiful. Could you also expand on the somatic movement and the eye movement therapy? Yes. So the somatic one, I'm still learning because we just hired Samantha, who is a um, somatic movement therapist. But as far as the somatic piece, it's really being able to pay attention to what is happening in your body a lot of us are disconnected to our body, you know, and that could be because we're rushing around and we're really not noticing like how we're feeling, what sensations are happening, right? So when you come to therapy, whether online or in person, when you're talking and sharing your story, there's going to be times where I'll pause you and just be like, what are you noticing your body right now? It could be you, you tension in your chest, you know, uh, butterflies in your stomach, right? Pausing you to pay attention and notice what's going on. What is the body's feedback? And usually the body is trying to tell you something. So we will, you know, just intuitively ask like, what do you think the back pain is trying to tell you? Sometimes people say my back hurts because I'm talking about a memory that's making me angry. Mm. And so we'll, we'll focus on that for a minute. So really paying attention also to your emotions mm -hmm. as you're telling your story what is coming up what are the emotions that are coming up for you right now yeah and 
listening to that feedback. It helps us to really reground and really understand what the body needs because when you've experienced trauma, most of the times you are disconnected because it doesn't feel safe in your body or mm. you're just busy and you've never learned to really pause to be able mm -hmm. to say, okay, what's going on? So that somatic piece is helpful. When you couple movement with it, yeah, then it's being able to notice the way that you move or being able to like use movement to release that stored energy and the feelings and so forth. So there's different layers and that's where, how you get to the source and really heal on all levels, mind, body, and spirit when you start to pay attention to those other things mm -hmm. and like the talk with the motion, the feeling and so forth. And then I'm assuming the eye movement is when they're talking, you're watching their eyes to see where their their emotions are going. I'm, I don't know, I'm making this up. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> I'm like, I, I love that. It's simple, it's kinda. So there's a, a, a therapy, a form of therapy that it's not really hypnotherapy, but it has some, a hypnotherapy feel. So it's called EMDR. And it's pretty popular. I feel like a lot of people and celebrities have been talking more about it. And it's called eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. So what we do is we use somatic therapy. So again, paying attention to your, um, your emotions and your feelings. When you have trauma, trauma tends to get stored in a variety of ways. It can feel like you're reliving the incident, right? So it could be a visual. It could be an emotion that gets stored in your body. Um, it can be just the way that your brain has processed. Like, you know, our brain is mainly made up of the feeling, like a majority is feeling versus logic. And that's because it has kept us safe. But the way that the memory gets stored cannot be like as accurate. Mm, I don't know if accurate is the right word, but we only get parts of it. And it's usually the negative parts of like what has happened. So using eye movement, it connects the right, the logical, and the left side of the brain, the emotions, um, and really help to come up with a more global way of viewing it. And so that's where the hypnotherapy comes. And once we can do that, we release any images, emotions, sensations, and we have a new way to think about what has happened. A lot of people feel like it's like a weight has been lifted off of them. They can release that tension. There's no longer stored up emotion. So the eye movement kind of helps to move the memory along. Um, so okay. there's like a specific way, technique to do that. But it is faster than just your usual talk therapy. Wow. I'm yeah. learning so much. <laughs> yeah. I really can say I was clueless about all of these techniques. Like, okay, of course I know of talk therapy and that's what you're hearing everywhere, even though there's so much conversation around therapy. Mm -hmm. And when I thought of like the other types of therapies, I, you know, I think like I would, I would have thought that was just for my child, like play therapy. Oh. Um, <laughs> because it, because at my younger child, she, um, she goes to a school where she does have a therapist um, or is on her IEP. And she, you know, was always like play therapy and stuff like that. But I never thought about, you know, translating that into your adulthood as well, too. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there's so many creative ways to really get healing. And all the ones that I've talked about, there, there is evidence, you know, it is evidence-based, but some things, you know, even if you don't have proof, 
it still can be helpful, but we vet all our modalities. But yeah, play therapy for adults is important. I do a lot of inner child work because a lot of us have had to grow up really fast and we may not have had to have the experience of uh, being playful Mm -hmm. in our adult, you know, in our young child life. So being able to play, to express, to create safety. So yeah, there's so many creative ways to do that. And it's fun. I feel like it's fun. It's hard work, but it's just fun to be able to not just talk because when I only did talk therapy, I would hear clients saying, okay, I talked about it, but what, what do we do about it now? I just told you like, what now? (laughs) Yeah. So it's like being able to like actually process it Mm -hmm. and really heal is even better. Right. Oh, oh my goodness. Like I said, I learned so much just now. Cause like I said, I'm was completely unaware and I'm so happy that we're having this conversation to make people more aware of it and also to challenge people to know that they there are more options out there for them like they can come to Healing Springs but like if they're in search for therapy like now they can know that oh I can take it to another level I don't just have to sit here and do this one level I can move it along (laughs) so thank you thank you thank you so much for this so is there anything else in your facility that we need to know about as well too? Like we have, we have all of these amazing therapists um, that you got going on. We got Reiki healing that you got going on. Um, is there anything else we should know in your facility? Yeah. So there are, we have a nutritionist, a registered dietitian, mm. and she helps with people that are trying to get healthier. Her name is Brianna. And people that are trying to get healthier and just have a better relationship with food. Mm. Emotions and eating and your relationship with food are so interconnected. Mm. And I learned that, you know, my personal journey, but also experiencing it with other people. Right. Yes. So now where does the nutritionist come to play? Like, are you, do you first start with talk therapy and then now it's like, hey, let's go see the nutritionist now. Do you just kind of say, hey, I'm looking for a nutritionist and I'm going to go over to Healing Springs. Like, is it like a whole package that happens? Like, you know, where do we, if you understand where I'm coming from? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, thank you for the package idea that's in yeah. the works, but <laughs> it can be a standalone thing, but this space that we have is very collaborative. So we do have um, collaboration between the mental health therapist and the dietitian for people that are struggling. You know, if the dietitian sees someone and they're struggling with anxiety and it might be related to food or like, or bodily functions, we can say, hey, your mental, you know, we have a referral for mental health therapist or vice versa. Sometimes you deal with eating disorders you can deal with just stress eating, emotional eating. And so having a dietitian that can help you to navigate and understand the source of the, that relationship with food and ways to get healthier, like that duo is just so important. Um, and they, they can work together to give you like a, a well-rounded holistic experience. I encountered eating disorders. I worked at an eating disorder intensive outpatient program. One, they used to always say, you know, black people don't have eating disorders, which is a lie, 
Um, but you know what, when I was there, I realized that when it comes to eating disorders, it's really because it's unprocessed emotions. Mm. It's the need for control or perfectionism. Um, and so that kind of gets stuck with food, like using food to, you know, to, for a sense of control, to manage your emotions. And so I saw firsthand how therapists and the registered dietitians work together to give people concrete techniques on how to deal with their emotions and how to not be afraid of food and really make better food choices. Mm -hmm. um, as far as like even your chronic eating or yo-yo dieting, which, you know, I've had my fair share of that, being able to, again, have a good body image, really have a good relationship with food, not being shamed on eating, like all those things. There's a lot of things, again, your bodies and your emotions are giving you feedback and having someone to work through those things with you is important. And it could be, and then it also could just be standard. I have diabetes or a medical condition that I need support and meal planning and just really having that support as I navigate this illness. So it's a very well-rounded program as well um, and customized to the individual's needs. Oh, this is so beautiful. It's so smart of you. <laughs> it's so smart of you. I don't know if there's other facilities because I haven't been going around looking at therapist situations, but like this is just so genius and smart to have it all together in one place because sometimes we just don't know where to start, how to start. We know, we think we need some assistance, but just to have it all there and we don't have to seek it because then sometimes we may think we, you know, Sometimes we may we may feel like we want that extra little push or that extra little help, but we're not in an extreme situation. So mm -hmm. we don't push ourselves, mm -hmm. but you're making it so accessible. And this is so genius. So, so genius. <laughs> and, and, you know, and even as you were speaking about like um, the nutritional part and stuff like that and how like, you know, I was, I started to think about something um, with me, like, I don't necessarily think I have any eating disorder or anything like that. But, you know, if, let's say I get stressed out, you know, what do you do when you get stressed out, you go eat a piece of cake or eat something that you may not eat on a normal basis. Mm -hmm. Because now we need to cope with those feelings that's happening. And I was thinking, I was like, wow, like, you know, I do, I can recognize that, oh, I had a, I had a bad day today. Let me go, you know, cope with this by having stuff that I wouldn't usually eat because I need to cope with it. But instead of facing the journey of like accepting the bad day that I maybe had or something like that, and just realizing, you know, it, it, all of this was like running through my mind mm -hmm. <laughs> as you were, as you were um, speaking, but you know, I, I, I believe, I think I have control, but you know, some type of control, but I, I can see how, you know, um, people could have, every day could be almost a bad day for someone and they constantly need to have this coping mechanism of food instead of like realizing that maybe there's another route we can go down for this healing. Food is healing in that moment because you need it, but you know, maybe there is another route we can go down because in the long run, <laughs> you may start to have all these medical conditions because you're constantly coping with something that wasn't necessarily good for you. Absolutely. Um, 
yeah. I, like, I'm glad that kind of like realization tie and I think when people don't really slow down or is not aware of those connections and it's yeah. great that we can educate people and I think too when I one of the things too is to normalize like culturally that our food is okay like you know I think online and social media and the media it make they have a diet coming out every two seconds and mm -hmm. it's a really a lot like chicken breast you know like bland food and what you know sometimes and it's okay to eat what you want to eat in moderation it's yeah. okay to know that food is more than just food it's how we connect right it's yeah. how we cope there's so many different avenues so to reduce that shame and to filter through all the 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 stuff that's out there like one minute it's the keto diet one minute this is healthy yeah. one minute this is not and so even having someone that you can bounce ideas off or if you're like a busy you know person and just need to have some like food ideas the nutritionist can sit down and customize a plan for you and just have that support so it doesn't have to be extreme at like an eating disorder it can just be just navigating around food Mm -hmm. and figuring out what works for your lifestyle having that extra support yeah yeah I agree there's so many there's so many avenues to the nutritionist it's not just one avenue like mm -hmm. you don't have to think you have to be bulimic to go find the nutritionist or a dietitian there's so many different avenues to um go down because I definitely um can say you know when my kids were younger our um <laughs> our diet was McDonald's and spaghetti <laughs> ragu <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, so I needed, you know, if I, if I had access or maybe an understanding to get access to a dietitian, a nutritionist, you know, I had to go kind of like I had to go through the, you know, through the transition and battle kind of on my own. And thank God for YouTube and all the, the tools that we have now on the Internet. But, you know, if I understood this 15 20 years ago, you know, it would have been a beautiful <laughs> it would have been a beautiful um experience with my kids childhood instead of them eating like like we ate McDonald's so much like when every time we go to the drive-thru they'd be like not again like which <laughs> not again to McDonald's so you know <laughs> I mean my kids I'm glad you're saying that because my my two two and a half year olds now is just everything's no I don't want that and it's only like chicken nuggies and fries right now and I'm like come on <laughs> <So> <laughs> Use all those pages. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it, it's just beautiful to just like know that you know tools are out here if we're like seeking and want to start to have direction of like. I would like to learn how to have more options than ragu spaghetti every night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, okay. So, if, then, mm -hmm. go ahead. <laughs> no, I was gonna say okay. We got Reiki, we got therapists, we got all types of therapy, we got nutritionist, dietitian. Um, is there anything else on the list on this? Yes, there's one more thing. Mm -hmm. And going back to wanting to create a bigger impact, I feel like I've always had a dream of like going global or at least mm -hmm. reaching more people. And what I found is that doing one-to-one -one counseling is helpful, very helpful, because you have that intimate experience with your therapist. But there's a lot of people that need to hear the message to, that really need to heal. And so we've added our wellness workshops and therapy groups. Mm 
so that one, you can have a community of people that can support you during your healing. So we have a relationship, a healing from relationship wounds group uh, for women. Mm. And so I've done a therapy, like a smaller group setting of six women. And I'm now launching an online course so that more women can be able to get the relationship skills because we're not really taught that. So Mm -hmm. really having smaller groups and then also online workshops so that other people can experience that. So we have like groups for men of color, having a group for men of color in relationships and being able to deal with life stressors. We have the healing relationship groups for women. We're going to have one for trauma. So we're just kind of rolling that out. And that's why our space is so important too here because we can host more workshops and gatherings and also do things online. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh my goodness. You're taking it all to the next level. (laughs) So now with these groups, now do the groups meet weekly? Is it just like maybe a six week, 12 week group setting? And then it kind of like you get a new group of people. How do the groups work? So for the group for healing from relationship wounds, it is a six week group with the option of doing it in person or online. Mm-hmm. And there's usually six to eight women. So it's a very small, intimate group. Mm-hmm. And then for the, there's a reprogram your relationship mindset, which is kind of like a branch off. And that is a online group. And we do it every quarter. We're, we're rolling it out and we're going to record it. But the first time we launched it, we had about 20 women from all over the U.S. And I think there was some from Hawaii and London. Like, I was so surprised when people were registering. I'm like, where are these ladies coming from? Yeah, where area code is this? The first time launching it. And they were just like, I wish I learned these skills. I wish I knew how to filter out men. I wish I knew about like, you know, you know, learning more about my self-esteem so that I probably wouldn't have had to go through this divorce or it's just really good to have. So I see that being a very expansive webinar workshop uh, that we'll we'll be launching again. We just did like a pilot and it it went well. Wow. Yes. So the other groups, like if it's a therapy group, it's usually four to six weeks. Mm -hmm. It's very intimate in person or online based on what our clients needs are Mm -hmm. and all the information is on our website. And then if it's a workshop, it could be like a one day or it could be like a series. So we're, you know, we're just kind of wait, like panning out. And that's like the new leg of our, of our services right now. Mm -hmm. Okay, sounds like um, Healing Springs has got it going on. Now, you are in Connecticut. Now, I'm in New York. Let's say, you know, can someone out of state take advantage of your um, your therapy and healing sessions? Or I guess it depends on the insurance. (laughs) Well, yeah, if it's therapy, then yes, it depends on, like we, if you're, our therapists are multi-specialty. And some, like we used to have therapists that were licensed in New York, Mm -hmm. Uh, not right now, but we plan to hire again. So you would just have to ask 
right now it's only Connecticut if you're doing therapy. Mm -hmm. If you want to attend one of our wellness workshops or pop in to visit us, then you can definitely get it. Like we do some intensive trauma um, programs here. Like we're going back to EMDR. One of the therapies that I do is intensive EMDR where you come for like two days up to like a whole week and you would work with me here and you can travel from wherever you are in the world and mm -hmm. come get this healing. And it's an intensive program. So instead of working on your trauma for six months to a year, you can do it within a week. Mm. Yeah. So, so it depends on what your needs are. Um, you mm. would just, again, call our main office and we can kind of walk you through and all our services are listed on our website so that you can kind of go in there and pick and choose. But if you're doing just at one-to-one -one therapy, yeah, you would have to be in the state that we're licensed and right now it's Connecticut. Okay. Okay. So good. But with the online services, it's the same. It still needs to be Connecticut. Cause I didn't know if like, when you take it on like virtual, it may change, but that's still the same thing. It has to be Connecticut. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's where your therapist is licensed and where you Okay. Are. Yeah. So like I'm licensed in Connecticut, Mass and Rhode Island. So I can see people virtually in those three states, but yeah, we still have limitations when it comes to therapy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So we have discussed um, all of these, you know, many elements of healing in today's episode with from therapy to, um, to nutrition, to Reiki. And I would love for you to like listing your opinion, like what are like some of the most important elements in a, someone's healing journey? Yeah. If someone's like, hey, girl, I know <laughs> I, I got some healing to be done, but I, where do I even start? Like, give me like a list. <laughs> yeah, I love that question. So I would say the first thing that you want to know, like if you know you're ready for healing and an indicator for me when it came to my healing was like, am I repeating the same patterns? Am I experiencing the same type of feelings, whether it's like, feeling, you know, upset, sad, anxious, a lack of trust for people. So I was noticing my patterns um, and certain things. And I made the commitment that it was time for me to heal. So if you're going through feelings that you just can't get rid of or situations, or you keep on meeting the same type of people that cause distress in your life, it may be good to have a, a perspective and that help um, from a therapist or a wellness professional. I would say the first thing is to think about your preferences, preferences when it comes to finding a therapist or a wellness professional. Are you looking for someone who's male, female, a person of color? Know that you have choice. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you do have to shop around a little bit, you know, try the therapist directories, um, schedule those consultation calls. Most therapists in their offices offer a 15 to 20 minutes so that you can kind of get a feel and express what is going on. The other thing is that even when you get in front of your therapist, know that you have choice, you know, be advocate for yourself, express what you need, um, know that it is a relationship. So if there's something that you don't like or whatever, know that that is a space to really work it out. And if it doesn't work, don't give up. Mm -hmm. someone else like you know sometimes we get defeated um but there is 
a right person for you when it comes to supporting on your healing journey. Mm. The other thing is patience. You know, mm. this didn't happen overnight. Like the things that you've experienced, experienced the pain, the anxiety, whatever that you're feeling did not have happen overnight. So it may take some time to mm. really understand the source and be able to figure out what technique you know, what thing that you need and just give yourself grace that with you just stepping in the door or turning on the computer, that you have already started the healing process and that, you know, you're doing a great job, even when sometimes it doesn't feel like it, that everything adds up on mm. this healing journey. Mm. Beautiful. <laughs> I, I, I absolutely, you gave some really, really key advice. And, you know, I, I love how you made it very clear that you have choice. Mm -hmm. You know, you may call your insurance and they give you a list of providers and you're taking whoever's giving you the first appointment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and to understand that you can go through a 15 minute call with them and, and start to feel things out. So I, I love that you put that in there because I feel like I'm definitely guilt from the guilty tribe of like, just give me the first thing available. I don't care whoever I see. We, <laughs> I'll be that person where, you know, this is something deeper that we want to work through and you need to make sure you're going to have an experience that's going to work for you and your highest good. So um, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And also, I love that you said um, patience, you know, as well, too. And, you know, this didn't happen overnight. So it's going to take some time to unpack and, and work through as well, too. Just like even when, you know, most popular people are, you know, on a weight loss journey. And it's like, I ate one salad. Where, where's the weight? <laughs> Why aren't I skinny yet? But yet, you know, if you are 40 pounds overweight and it took you 20, you know, like I think I say like, because this is just my um, example. If for 20 years, you gain just two pounds a year, like you don't know this two pounds a year. Mm -hmm. After 10 years, you you then gained, you know, 20 pounds, you know, extra pounds. And then you're, look, you're looking back to your 30 year old self and say, where did all this, you know, weight come from? And you didn't realize that slow buildup over the time. So you can't expect that the moment you realize the extra weight is there that, oh, now it's time for me to eat a salad and where's, you know, where's my 30 year old body or where's my 20 year old body? <laughs> Yes. You know, it, it, it took you 10 years to get to that new body that you in. It may take you another few years to get back to an, a, a newer version of the body that you're looking for. So it's the same thing um, also with that, you know, I'm seeing with the healing as well, too. It's not an overnight thing. So thank you for the reminder of having that that patience. You know, that was definitely um key. So like what advice would you give to someone that is wanting to heal on many levels in their life, but they are like feeling so stuck because of all of this old programming, you know, that old programming, <laughs> yes. it loves to be stubborn and stay around. Yes, that's, yeah, I think that really just awareness and acknowledgement even of fear, even of that resistance, right? Because that's feedback in itself. Sometimes the fear, even the resistance is just trying to protect us, right? Like 
we only know what is familiar. Mm-hmm. And so just being able to sit down with that and, and make a choice, even if it's a small choice, again, it could just be like, I'm just going to start by shopping around and, you know, and it'd be a compound effect. Okay. This week I'm a call. Um, and also having an accountability person, it could be a friend, you mm-hmm. know, it could be a loved one to hold you accountable as far as you making those steps, mm-hmm. healing, or at least making that call I think the hardest part is making that call and maybe the first couple sessions of really filling out the person that you end up being with Mm -hmm. but that fear will get in your way and will lie to you but it just don't be upset with it just even gratitude of like thank you for keeping me safe but I need to find a new way because this new way this old way is not working Mm -hmm. right you know, so even that gratitude for those type of limiting beliefs or blocks, because they were there for a reason, but they no longer serve you. So how do I get the help so that I could, you know, have a better way? Yeah. Serving me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I love to say where intention goes, energy will flow. So yeah. Yeah, just by just making that intention, you know, by calling the therapist and just starting to figure your way through these waters, um, you know, the energy will flow through what you're trying to produce by changing the old programming. So yeah, so, so, so true. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Healing Springs is um, a facility that I feel like all needs to discover. <laughs> But, you know, the reality is also um, a lot of people are having financial struggles or, you know, healing seems to be a luxury at this. <laughs> sometimes, you know, do you have like, or do you have any books that you would suggest that someone can go towards, you know, as they're trying to figure out their financial way of trying to get to a healing springs or a healing environment? Yeah. So the first thing is like, I want everyone to know that you do have access to your insurance and some insurances, obviously the deductibles and co-pays, but just try to, you know, understand your benefits. You can just call the back, the number on the back of your card and mm-hmm. see if there are um, therapists that take your insurance if you don't have a copay. So at least try to do that. Um, one of the things being a social worker, I this practice accepts Medicaid, you know, in Connecticut mm-hmm. called Husky, because we want to make sure, again, people have access to care. Uh, so sometimes you may feel like you can't afford therapy. Maybe you don't have a job or maybe you're not making much. Call 211 or whatever your local um, like community outreach, outreach places, because sometimes people qualify for Husky or Medicaid in your area. So just the, just, you know, just try to problem solve with that because you never know. I've had some even small business owners right now that have a Husky and I'm like, okay. And we're like, here, we don't care what your insurance is. Just come for the healing. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So don't just take no for answer right away. Like see if there's anything, you know, any work around and some therapists offer sliding scales, a reduced fee. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's an option. But as far as books, there were some life-changing books for me one of them was called the four agreements mm, yes yes mm. 
that book was life-changing. There's four agreements, you know, be impeccable with your words. So really think about what you say to yourself, what you say to others, because words have energy. And the other agreement that really stood out to me was not take things personally. Mm-hmm. I took a lot of things personally, things that I thought people were doing to me, when in reality, it wasn't even about me, right? But I held a lot of resentment. And reading that book was life-changing because it really changed the way that I thought and the way that I interacted with people and myself. So if you can get a copy of that book, it might be a little spiritually based in the sense of like, you know, it talks about the universe, but if you can get through the first like chapter, it really has some concrete text Mm -hmm. for you. Um, The other one was, I'm trying to think. So as far as relationships, uh, there is, another book by his son, Don Don Miguel Ruiz Jr., which is called The Seven Secrets of a Healthy, Happy Relationship. Mm. So it really talks about the mindset and how we go around viewing relationships and how we try to change people and judge them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we kind of, when you're, you get in a relationship or even friendships, you kind of bump heads sometimes, you know, it's two individuals coming together and we have our own frame of reference that we come into those relationships with so that book was really helpful for me to see it and say to myself with intention that even though I've experienced things and saw things from the way my parents were in relationships or other people that doesn't only have to be my story that doesn't have to be my template I can create the relationship and my partner the relationship that is for us so that was really powerful as well when it came to relationship things. And there's just a lot of great self-help books out there. Uh, there's so many to choose from. And I think the other one for ladies, men too, is um, Intellectual Foreplay. Mm-hmm. That one, yeah, Intellectual Foreplay. What I find when you are dating and getting to know someone is that we think about chemistry instead of compatibility. <laughs> and, you know, when that whole honeymoon stage dies down and you start seeing people's flaws, you're like, dang, I said I was going to be in this relationship, but I don't I really like the person now. Yeah. <laughs> um, the book is by two people that were dating across, like one was in New York and one was in Hawaii, I believe. And they created a list of questions, a ton of questions on how to really get to know each other and measure compatibility because they wanted to be sure that if one of them moved to the other side of the world that they you know they were compatible and it was worth it so I think it's a great book when you're getting to know some know someone or even if you're in a relationship that you can ask these questions conversational style and really get to know a person and to see if they really match who you are because sometimes we just go off of feelings but it has to be a balance yeah. between the two yeah oh my goodness you really really gave us some great suggestions and I really thank you thank you thank you for awesome. that and I like that you also started off with like don't put that limitation guard up there and think oh my insurance doesn't cover it check <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. check it out don't think it's above your reach you know check into your medicaid and all that type of stuff so thank you for those reminder because sometimes you know we do 
you know, put those barriers up, those blocks up and say, oh, that's not for me. I can't afford that. I have to deal with this. And then we just don't even invest into our healing when there's, you know, options out there. So that, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for that. You're welcome. But I can't let you go yet because I need to ask you, what does becoming unique mean to you? Yes, well, I love I love that name. And I was thinking about that. I was like, becoming unique. Standing, I feel like standing in your power and being confident in your dreams and your vision, right? To, to let it unfold the way that you want it versus what people are telling you it should be or trying to limit you, right? knowing that if you're confident and anchored in yourself, you can do whatever you want to be. You can be whoever you want to be and do whatever you want. And being that unique person versus following someone else's template. Mm -hmm. So even with the podcast and everything, I'm just like amazed by your story and what you offer. And, you know, people talk about my story and I'm like, yeah, because I had a lot of naysayers and I just remember saying, I don't, I know what's going to happen. I don't care what anyone says it's going to happen. And I've created a unique service, you know, for my clients and for my team, they have a safe haven instead of working in a burnt out job, they have a safe space here. And it just feels amazing to be unique in myself and in my business. Yes, I love it all. Oh, standing in your power. Yes. So beautiful. So beautiful. I mean, you were you you were just amazingness today. Amazingness. And I I learned so much too. So I thank you. You're welcome. So I guess we've been talking about Healing Springs, but I mean, I will have all of this in the show notes, but if you want to say any last words on Healing Springs, where they can find you, but it will be in the show notes, go ahead, let them know. So definitely follow us on Instagram, Healing Springs Wellness. We have a lot of amazing posts. Uh, We have even blogs. So you're learning, you're also seeing our growth and learning more about our services. We also have a Facebook page. I have my own personal brand page. So as I'm developing Healing Springs, one of the things with just creating this amazing vision, I wanted to give this gift to women and helping them to know that they can have it all, that you unapologetically have it all, that there's enough abundance so my first name, shneelchamalau.com is my website. And I work with women who are trying to manifest big goals and dreams, whether in your personal or your business life. So with all that I've done, I've inspired a lot of people and they've been asking like how you did it. So now I'm sharing how I did it and really creating that circle of women that are, you know, visionaries and want to like really grow and do what they need to do. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Chanel, for showing up for the Becoming Unique podcast. I will have all of Healing Springs information in the show notes, so make sure you go check them out. 
And I have a couple of housekeeping messages before I completely end this podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you for making it to the end. Now, Becoming Unique Podcast is going to go back to a weekly podcast. We have been bi-weekly for quite some time now, and we're going to go back to being a weekly podcast. (laughs) So I got a lot of information to share with you guys, and I'm excited about this. So yes, next Sunday, then the Sunday after next, and the Sunday after next. So it's not going to be every other Sunday now. So be sure to check that out. Um, I'm leaving my email in the show notes. So if you have a gift shop, a bookstore, uh, a healing facility, or any environment where you think my book, Your Guide to Bringing More Acts of Self-Care, would be a perfect fit, send me an email. Even if you don't have a store and you are in a town that's not New York, or maybe it is New York and I just don't know about it, um, and you feel that there's a bookstore or a gift store that my book would be a perfect fit for, send me an email with the store's name so I can go ahead and reach out to them. So yes, we are. I'm, I'm on the pathway right now of getting, you know, my book out there in more places than Amazon. So definitely, if you guys can support me on this journey, and I'm so happy to be sharing this with you guys, because you guys are literally seeing like the baby steps, like each step I'm making is not like, I'm just like one day all of a sudden, it's like, oh my God, Unique is on the New York best time, um, the best New York New York Times bestsellers list, which is coming soon. But you know, I'm so happy to just share these moments and I embrace you guys sharing information with me as well too. So make sure you check out the show notes. Make sure if you haven't gotten your hands on a copy of your guide to bringing more acts of self-care, check it out in Amazon. And if you have gotten a copy Feel free to leave a review in Amazon. You wanna, you wanna get those, you know, those numbers rolling, and you know, reviews help books and podcasts and everything else roll out. And and also, if you guys are listening to this podcast and if you make it to the end, leave me a review on um, Apple Podcasts if you haven't left a review as of yet. I believe you can only leave it like one time. So if you did leave a review in the past, your review is there. I thank you for it. And if you are enjoying the content on this podcast, make sure you go ahead and 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 click the five star. (laughs) Even if you can't find the words to describe the podcast, you don't have to write anything. You could just leave the five star. But if you do find the words to say something amazingly beautiful about the Become a Unique podcast, go ahead, feel free right away. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I will see you guys next week. Bye.